It is estimated that 50 to 90% of Americans are deficient in magnesium. It isn't the only nutrient deficiency, but it is the topic of today's episode. The reason I wanted to focus on magnesium is that the deficiency symptoms can look like a host of other ailments that you might think are linked to your chronic illness symptoms when really it's not, and it's truly an easy fix. Welcome to the Therapeutic Food Solutions Podcast. I'm your host, Marion Mitchell. I'm an integrative nutrition health coach, therapeutic diet expert, and founder of The Road to Living Whole. There are many different diets out there. It's hard to know which one is right for you with your chronic illness and autoimmune disease. In this podcast, I'm going to share with you the foundational pieces every single therapeutic diet out there shares, and also how to use the best one for your particular diagnosis. If you've been looking for a meal planning partner, help navigating the complicated healthcare system, and want to feel better quickly, I'm your girl. Grab your kombucha notebook, let's dive in. My first experience with magnesium supplementation was born from my son, who was just not sleeping. He was five and would be awake playing in his room between 1 to 4 a.m. like every single day. I didn't want to use melatonin, so I went on the hunt for a holistic remedy to try. Magnesium came up again and again. I looked at all the different forms of magnesium, which one was the best for sleep, and then whether it should be taken internally or applied topically. I eventually settled on a topical magnesium lotion. His sleep improved immediately. It was quite incredible. He slept throughout the night and continued to as long as I applied it consistently. Since it worked so well on him, I decided to use it on myself too. I couldn't tell if it improved my sleep because my daughter at the time was an infant and you just don't sleep much during that stage. But what I did notice was my PMS symptoms improved significantly. What I found during my research all those years ago is that no matter how healthy you eat, due to modern farming practices depleting the nutrients in our soil, it's basically impossible to get enough magnesium from food alone, which honestly is frustrating. Thankfully, there is a movement to get back to regenerative farming, so hopefully our kids or our grandkids will have more nutritious food than we do today. Now to get back to magnesium. Magnesium is needed for over 300 biochemical reactions in the body, but all of these reactions can be broken down into five categories. Number one is to produce and transport energy. Two is the synthesis of protein. Number three, it's a cofactor in assisting enzymes and chemical reactions, which is pretty much everywhere in our body, especially inside of our cells nerve signal transmissions, and muscle relaxation. Unfortunately, magnesium deficiency looks like a lot of other health problems, and this can make it difficult for practitioners to identify a deficiency, especially because only 1% of magnesium is in the blood, and it's extremely regulated, so a blood test won't tell you anything. Despite this, our bodies do communicate with us, and we should listen. A few symptoms of what deficiency can look like are PMS, symptoms, insomnia, trouble falling asleep and staying asleep, metabolic syndrome, unregulated or poorly managed blood sugar, anxiety, depression, migraines and headaches, restless leg syndrome and muscle spasms, 
lower back pain, fibromyalgia, calcium deposits in places they shouldn't be, ADD and ADHD-like symptoms, high blood pressure, osteoporosis, and more. Pretty crazy, right? Like, to think that that's related to a nutrient deficiency is crazy, but it's true. So what leads to deficiency? Like, along with it just not being in food, what else contributes to deficiency? I'm so glad you asked because... Number one is being chronically stressed. When you're stressed, your body blows through magnesium. If you're struggling with adrenal fatigue, if you are eating a diet high in refined sugar and processed foods and low in fresh fruits and vegetables and protein, you drink seven or more alcoholic beverages a week, you have a digestive disorder including Crohn's, ulcerative colitis, maybe you struggle with constipation or diarrhea or IBS, diabetes, you drink three or more cups of coffee per day. Now, I want to talk about this for a second because a cup of coffee is eight ounces and most coffee cups are 12 to 16 ounces. So you think like, oh, I'm having one cup of coffee, but you might actually be having like one and a half or two every time you fill up your cup. Okay, so three or more cups of coffee per day, drinking soda daily or regularly, uh, certain prescription medications deplete magnesium quickly, and then overtraining, overexercising, or being an extreme athlete. You can see why so many of us are deficient, right? Now, before I move into how to get more magnesium, I need to tell you that there are different types of magnesium and they support different processes in the body. There are eight common types of magnesium. Each one has its own benefits, absorption rate when taken, and disadvantages when taken in isolation, okay? So because of this, like if you decide, oh, I'm just going to take this type of magnesium, you may or may not get the, the um, resolution that you're hoping for. Type number one is magnesium citrate. And it's one of the most researched types of magnesium, and it's typically recommended for stress relief and digestion support. It is bound to citric acid, which makes it highly absorbable. Now, being highly absorbable is great because if you're, if you're low in magnesium, it will increase it quite quickly. But if, let's say you decide, I want to take like a lot, like I'm super deficient, I have all these symptoms, I want to boost it. It does have a laxative effect. So less is more. Start with a small dose and adjust as needed. And then if you take too much, you'll notice it quite quickly and you'll, you'll be able to taper back down. But more is not always better. Okay. Type number two is magnesium glycinate. It is bound to the amino acid glycine. It's often used to help with insomnia and stress relief. Um, daily intake of this form of magnesium has been shown to wrap to provide rapid recovery from mood disorders like depression and this form rarely has any laxative effects so it's a good one magnesium l-theronate is a highly bioavailable and one of the only types that can pass the blood brain barrier Preliminary research suggests that regular supplementation of this form can improve overall cognitive function, memory, and potentially help with preventing dementia. 
magnesium malinate. It's formed by combining magnesium with malic acid. Studies show that this form of magnesium can improve muscle tenderness and the pain associated with fibromyalgia and improve post-workout muscle tenderness as well. Preliminary research also suggests magnesium malinate is more bioavailable than other magnesium compounds. Form number five is magnesium taurate. It is bound by the amino acid taurine. This form is known for its ability to lower blood pressure and to protect heart muscles. Because it's known for its heart protective properties, preliminary research suggests that it also has considerable potential to be a vascular protective nutritional supplement. So that's really cool. It may be used to help treat acute heart attacks and preeclampsia. Magnesium chloride. This is best known for helping with stress, PMS symptoms, and sleep. This form of magnesium is best applied topically because uh, if you take it internally, the absorption rate is much lower, but if you apply it topically, the absorption rate is like up to like 90%. So you get more bang for your buck. And then there's magnesium sulfate. And this is the stuff that's in Epsom salts. So, you know, this, if you're like sore from a workout or anything like that, and you, um, you take an Epsom salt bath, you're getting magnesium sulfate. It's fantastic for helping with joint pain helping you relax and muscle soreness. And fun fact, it can also help lower a fever by a degree or two if you have one and you take a bath with Epsom salts in it. And then last but not least is magnesium oxide. And this is the type of magnesium that is the active ingredient of, in milk of magnesia, which helps with constipation. It has an extremely low absorption rate, which so it won't help increase the magnesium levels in your body, but it will help get things moving when you need it. So now that we've gone through all the different forms of magnesium, let's talk about how we can get more into our body gently. First is despite it not be as food not being as high in magnesium as it could be, food is always our first course of action. First, you need to reduce the things that are help that are making your body blow through magnesium, right? You need to reduce your added sugars. You need to limit your alcohol consumption, your caffeine intake, and processed foods. Like we need to reduce and eliminate as much as possible of those, right? If we limit those, then we're reducing the foods that blow through magnesium, right? So then, of course, we need to eat a healthy diet, and that means a diet rich in a variety of protein sources, especially seafood, produce, especially dark leafy greens, nuts and seeds, and healthy fats. Then we need to supplement smartly. You know, there are multiple ways to get magnesium into our bodies, right? So we can apply it topically like I did with my son, which uh, we did that every night. I applied it to the bottom of his feet and to his belly, um, because I read that magnesium, because it's salt, right, can make your skin itchy. So I wanted it on the bottom of the feet and on the belly. Uh, or you can take an Epsom salt bath one to three times per week. Another option is to take it internally via a supplement. And personally, I think it's a good idea to take a variety of forms instead of just one isolated form. And there are a couple of great supplement lines out there that when you take their magnesium you're getting several different forms at the same time you'll want to do your research and pick the one that you think is best for you 
Quick recap, magnesium deficiency is one of the most common deficiencies with 50 to 90% of the population estimated to struggle with it. It is an essential nutrient and symptoms can be debilitating when we don't have enough of it. Things that can contribute to deficiency include excessive caffeine consumption, more than seven alcoholic drinks per week, a diet low in whole foods and high in processed foods, um, modern farming practices that have left our soil depleted, chronic stress, certain medications, excessive exercise, and excessive sugar intake. There are eight forms of magnesium that help our body in different ways. Our diet matters. And you can apply it topically or internally to help raise your numbers. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. If you found this episode helpful, would you do me a favor and help others find it by leaving a review, sharing a screenshot on social media, or sharing the link with a friend? By you sharing what you've learned, others are able to find this podcast and join our community. Be sure to check out my website, www.roadtolivingwhole.com for over 160 delicious recipes, a variety of meal plans, and a blog packed full of even more healthy living tips. If you'd like to learn more about how to work with me as your coach, you can schedule a free consult through www.roadtolivingwhole.com backslash health-coaching backslash. Until next time, friend. Bye.